0: Welcome to day five of our look together through Mark chapter five in Daily Drive Time Devotions. We have looked at uh, the life of Jesus and in some amazing ways these last few weeks together as we walk through these first five chapters. We've seen Jesus, the Pharisee fighter, fighting for the truth amidst those who were trying to reject the truth. We've seen Jesus, the disciple maker, calling disciples to follow him. We've seen Jesus, the storyteller, last week, as we looked at Mark four, telling stories about growth. And this week, we've seen together Jesus the Healer. Mark, as we've said many times walking through this, is a a scrapbook of the snapshots of the Savior's life. He's just showing us picture after picture after picture of what Jesus Christ can do. And I want to take a minute today to focus back, as we close this week, on the ones who were healed. There's something that I want us to see together about these three who were healed in this chapter, the garrison demoniac the woman who had been suffering for 12 years, the little girl who some thought had died. I want us to see together four differences in the lives of these three people, and then especially I want us to see one thing that was the same about all three of these. Four differences, different personalities, different problems, different human solutions, and different attitudes toward Jesus. Different personalities. Jesus, in this one chapter, heals a a Garrison madman a fearful woman who who no one noticed in the crowd, and a very important Jewish synagogue official. His daughter is healed. This is an example of nothing else is. This one chapter of the fact that God will touch the lives and use people from every background, from every personality. From the very top of the ecclesiastical ladder in that day, the Jewish synagogue official, to the very bottom, a madman in a graveyard, Jesus healed them all. He touched the lives of every one of them. And even a woman whom no one else noticed. Different personalities. If you said, My personality is not the kind of personality that God can use, you've missed it. He works in every life, in every personality. Different personalities with different problems. There's a demon possessed man, a madman. He had a problem with his mind. There's a man who is in anguish because his daughter is dying. He had a problem with his soul. And there's a woman who, because of her hemorrhage, her pain was in loneliness. She had a problem with her body and with her emotions mind, soul, and emotions, there is no problem that God cannot solve because God is concerned about all the areas of my life, of your life. If you're suffering in your thoughts, he wants to heal you there. If you're suffering in your soul, anguish in your soul, he wants to heal you there. If you're suffering in your emotions, the feelings of your life, he wants to heal you there. Now, what does this healing mean? Does this mean I immediately become a different person, Does this mean I never have those feelings of anguish again or those terrible emotions again? No, it does not. Healing does not mean that God changes every circumstance of your life or that you never have a problem again in your life. Healing means that he heals those problems in your life. And if you're like me, when it comes to a problem of the soul or the emotion, you have to go to him regularly for healing because you keep taking it, at least I do, I keep taking it back on myself. And then I realize again that I need him in a fresh new way healing of Jesus Christ is a daily experience. It's not a once-for-all experience where I get it all done with and I can go on to something else in my life. It's a daily experience with Jesus Christ as he heals the problems in my life. My problems are daily experiences, so the healing of Jesus Christ needs to be a daily experience in my life. Different personalities, different problems. It's also interesting to see the different human solutions that they'd applied. Here's one man who'd been put in chains because of his problems. People tried to bind his problems and keep it from being a problem anymore. Oh, he'd still have a problem, but he wouldn't be a problem to anybody else. That didn't work. Here's someone else who tried to use a religious ceremony. I'm sure that Jairus had to use some kind of religious ceremony for his daughter to be healed. He's a synagogue official, but it hadn't worked. And here's someone else, the woman who'd been sick for 12 years, who'd used many physicians to try to heal her, and that hadn't worked. Why? Because they were merely human solutions. And by themselves, they just made the situation worse. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't use physicians many times. He works the miracle of healing through physicians. I've seen it thousands of times. But the problem that they had is they had merely human solutions. God wasn't a part of it at all. Some of those human solutions were torturous. Others made a lot of sense. But the problem is God wasn't a part of any of it if I'm looking for a solution in my life to my problem, the first place to go is God. He may want me to go to a physician. He may have a very logical thing for me to do, a very logical plan, but I don't try my plans first and then if those don't work, I say, okay, God, it's come to this. I'm gonna try your plan. No, I go to him first. And by that, I can see that whatever solution he brings into my life, it's a part of what he's doing. And that brings new praise, new joy in my life. I want a solution that brings joy. I want a solution that brings a refreshing sense of my relationship with God. That's why I don't want a merely human solution. These people had different personalities, different problems, different human solutions. They also had different initial attitudes towards Jesus. Did you notice how different they were as we walked through this chapter? Here's, here's the demoniac who he runs from Jesus immediately. What do I have to do with you? Here's Jairus, who he runs towards Jesus. My little daughter's at the point of death. Please come with me quickly. And here's the woman who hides from Jesus. She tried to touch him secretly so that nobody would know. And the amazing thing to me in this chapter is how you see the total change that Jesus worked in the attitudes of these three. The demoniac goes from running to begging Jesus Christ that he might accompany him, that he might stay as close to him as possible. That's the kind of power that Jesus Christ has to work a change in our hearts. Jairus goes from anguish to astonishment in his soul. To ecstasis, it says in the Greek, to ecstasy of his soul. That's the kind of change that Jesus Christ can work in our attitudes. The woman goes from silence in the crowd to telling the whole truth in the crowd. That's the change that Jesus can work. There's a lot of differences in these three. There's one thing that was the same. Did you notice it as we walk through this chapter? The one thing that was the same? Let me read three verses for you again, and I think you'll see the thing that was the same about these three. Verse 6, the demoniac. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Verse 33, the woman. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And verse 22, Jairus. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet. What was the same about all three of them? He bowed at Jesus' feet. They fell before him as Lord. That is the common denominator that binds us together as the company of the healed. We bow at Jesus' feet. It's not my solution. It's his solution. It's not my life even. It is his life. And in the end, it's not even my healing. It's his healing worked in my life for his purposes. They bowed at Jesus' feet. Let's do that together right now. Jesus, we bow before you. We recognize that you love us like no one else loves us. That you have a depth of concern and care and compassion for what we're facing right now like no one else does. And Jesus, even though we don't understand it all, we trust you. In this moment, we trust you. We trust you as our Lord and as our Savior. We bow at your feet Because Jesus, we know that in the end, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that you are Lord. We don't want to wait to the end. We bow at your feet right now, recognizing that you have the answer for our daily need, recognizing that you have the hope for everyday life, and recognizing that when you heal us, you are the one that we want to praise. And so we bow at your feet now, Jesus, depending on you, and praising you. Jesus, in your name, we bow, amen, amen. Join us next week, we're gonna continue to see our lives changed by the life of Jesus. We're gonna look at Mark chapter six and how the new life that Jesus gives changes everything that is old.